0: And um, I just want to thank Maharaj for coming as well for today and giving his time. Um, a few things that I, I just wanted to say before, before Maharaj starts is just just a small introduction um, about Maharaj. So Vodhichar Swami was is, um, is born in Bengal and went to study in Germany. Um, that's where he came across Vedic scriptures. Um, this gave Maharaj the desire to explore and understand spiritual reality uh, after completing his studies, he spent a number of years searching for a spiritual master to guide him on a spiritual path. His search came to an end when he came across Srila Prabhupada's teachings in the form of one of his books, The Nectar of Devotion. As he was reading his book, he became more and more, he more, and more convinced that Srila Prabhupada to properly, properly guide him on the spiritual path, and thus he accepted him as, a, as his spiritual master. So, a few things about Maharaj right now. So, he's based in Ujjain in India. He does a lot of projects there, preaches extensively there. Um, he has a massive audit audience, um, especially like professionals and university students. He also spends um, a lot of his time at the farm community in Florida. Um, the D-Land Temple, which is the name of the, the temple there, is a fairly new project which Maharaj has been managing very beautifully. Uh, Maharaj is very dedicated to Srila Prabhupada and actually was his personal cook. He was also Srila primary translator for his books in Bengali. Um, He has also written um, a book called Ocean of Mercy, which is about his journey and him coming into Krishna consciousness. It is also an insight into Srila Prabhupada's life, as Maharaj was able to associate with him and serve him personally. Um, And just quickly rounding it up, he has actually been a big part of Pandavasena's journey. And actually, a lot of seniors who are in Pandavasena are serving directly under Maharaj. We are very fortunate to have him and... Yeah, so he will be talking about Srila Prabhupada, and the title of the talk is He Came to Save the World. So let me just hand it over to Marj. Um, thank you very much, Marj, for your time. Hare Krishna. <laughs> so, Marj, I think you're on mute. Yes,
1: yeah, thank you. Thank all of you. I'm sorry to be a little late. You see, today I have to take a flight to New York. And I just came to Bombay. So <laughs> I got a little delayed because I caught up in so many other activities here. So still, I'm sorry that I was a little late, but uh, at the same time, I'm happy to be with you. all. And so i just go straight to the point. Srila Prabhupada, he came with a very special mission with a very special purpose. He came to fulfill the prediction of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is actually Radha and Krishna together. Not just Krishna, the Shaktiman, the energetic but he is the energy and energetic together, a very special energy of the Lord called Ladinishati or pleasure giving potency of the Lord. And so Radha and Krishna became one. The pleasure giving potency and the enjoyer, the supreme enjoyer, became one. And they came to distribute Krishna praying, That form is the form of love between Radha and Krishna. And that personality Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to distribute Krishna pray. Sridarupa Goswami mentioned that Radha Rani Krishna assumed the mood of Srimati and came to distribute love of Krishna, loving devotion of Krishna. Krishna Prema Pradayate. In order to distribute Krishna Prema. Now, Krishna Prema is, is extremely rare. It is rare even for Lord Brahma, even for Lord Shiva. But the prem that is rare for such personalities, Lord Brahma, Lord Shiva, is distributing it without any consideration of qualification and eligibility. Due to his mercy, everyone has become eligible. The only eligibility eligibility that is required for that is just to have faith, shraddha, accept this gift with faith. And when we do that, then we become the recipient. And the unique thing about that, that this gift you receive with faith and act with that faith, then a loving relationship begins with the Supreme Personality of God. And love is reciprocal. And love continues to increase. Say, one person loves the other person. The other person reciprocates. Then this person reciprocates with greater love. Then he reciprocates with even more great love. So in this way, a kind of competition begins between the lover and the beloved. So that's what has been described by Shri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in a shikshashtakam, that anandam buddhi vartanam, the ecstasy that is generated from this loving exchange continues to expand, continues to to expand. Because that's the nature of love. The lover and beloved get involved in the loving. Loving do (laughs) it. And they get into competition. Who can love more? Anyway, that is such a rare gift that Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to give. And he predicted that this, this gift that he has distributed only throughout, the, throughout India will be distributed all over the world he emphatically pointed out that it will spread in every town and village. Every town and village. So, you know, like 500 years back when people didn't even know how many continents were there, or to speak of town and village, Mahaprabhu predicted that this movement would spread in every town and village. And in order to fulfill his prediction, he sent Śrīla Prabhupāda. So that is how we have to see Śrīla Prabhupāda. Śrīla Prabhupāda is not an ordinary person. Śrīla Prabhupāda was a personality, a very, very special personality, who had been sent by Śrī Caitanya Mahāprabhu to fulfill his prediction. who that personality can be is beyond our imagination. But one thing we can recognize that he must be very, very dear to Srila, Sri Śrī Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And also we can see how Srila Prabhupada did it in a very amazing way. Srila Prabhupada did it not only within the short span of 10 years time, but going to America at the age of 70, an old 70 year old Indian goes to America and starts his mission single handedly. He didn't have any money. He didn't have any resources. He didn't know a single person in America at that time. And from literally from a scratch, Srila Prabhupada started in 1966. And then we see what Srila Prabhupada did within 1976, within 10 years' time. And then Srila Prabhupada led this planet in 1977. Now the wonderful thing is that Srila Prabhupada not only spread this movement so effectively all over the world, but he created an institution to continue his mission. And that's another unique genius of Srila Prabhupada. Or I would call it a genius, like here we have to say, that this is the indication of being the recipient of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's mercy, or the, divi- the recipient of the divine arrangement of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Krishna made this arrangement, and Srila Prabhupada fulfilled it. So in this way, we can see how Srila Prabhupada actually uh, established an amazing good fortune for this world. Srila Prabhupada, as you all know, that he went to America at the age of 70 in 1965 in September to the end of the year and he had to struggle in the winter of New York. It's very, very severe. And then Srila Prabhupada, in 1966, he started to get some success in his effort. And then Srila Prabhupada established a small little temple, the first temple of Iskand, in the west, in the 26th Second Avenue, a small little storefront. And there Prabhupada started in 1966. A few young American boys and girls came forward Being attracted by his his personality. They couldn't really understand Srila Prabhupada's teaching so much of the great, the profound philosophy. But what what they actually became attracted is Srila Prabhupada's personality. And the way Srila Prabhupada took care of them, the way Srila Prabhupada expressed his concern about them, the way Srila Prabhupada expressed his. Genuine love for them, that is what actually attracted these young Americans. And with them, Srila Prabhupada started the movement. And then from New York, San Francisco, which was the main place of happening in those days, the, the place of counterculture. And that's how it just started. Los Angeles, Chicago. Boston, Montreal, Ann Arbor, Michigan. So one after another center started. And then three married young couples came to London. And you all know that, how it's, it happened. Like George Harrison became interested in Krishna consciousness. And In this way, the movement started to grow. And I was very fortunate to be able to come to this movement. But the unfortunate aspect was that I came very late. I actually came across Eastern Movement in 1970 in Hamburg. I used to visit the temple. But uh, anyway, I couldn't recognize the importance of that movement at the time. And eventually, in 1974, I went back to India in search of a guru. 75 uh, actually. And then I was searching for a guru. I decided to take to spiritual life. And I knew that too probe into, to step into spiritual life. I need the guidance of a spiritual master. And I felt that when I went back to India, I would get a guru straight away. And, but in spite of one year's search, I couldn't find anyone. I couldn't find anyone to whom I could offer myself to. Completely with total surrender. And in a way, I kind of started to see that these people do not really know the real path. They themselves are probing in darkness. And then when I gave up my search, then I got one book called The Nectar Devotion, Do you know who the author of that book was? And as I started to read the book, I went home in the evening and I started to read. And I was so fascinated by that book from the very first page, actually. I felt this is what I was actually looking for. And I kept on reading until I fell asleep. The next morning, I started to read it again. And that night... I had a dream, and I saw Śrīla Prabhupāda in a dream. I saw him sitting that looked more like a throne, because in India, the sadhus did not sit on an elaborate seat. But Prabhupāda, I saw him sitting on a Vasasan that looked like a throne. And there was a brilliant light coming out of Śrīla Prabhupāda. And just that sight made my heart literally jump in ecstasy and I offered my obeisances realizing that finally I found my spiritual master. Then my first meeting with Srila Prabhupada also was quite quite significant I would say. <clears throat> I was I joined already after reading the book. I joined in Mayapur, and I got to know that Śrīla Prabhupāda was in America. I was waiting for Śrīla Prabhupāda to come back. And then finally got the news that Śrīla Prabhupāda was in Kumbhavila, in Allahabad. So I went with a group of devotees to Allahabad to meet Śrīla Prabhupāda. And it was impossible to meet Śrīla Prabhupāda. Prabhupāda at that time had a vātāt. 10,000 followers, about 6,000 initiated disciples, and the other 4,000 actually waiting to be initiated. And at a time like that, you can really imagine how difficult it must have been to meet Srila Prabhupada. But fortunately, it was arranged that Srila Prabhupada, all of a sudden would leave, he decided to leave Mela and go to Calcutta. So, the calcutta bound in a Calcutta bound train, a first class carriage was hooked on, and Srila Prabhupada, with a small entourage, was traveling there. <clears throat> and very fortunately, by the mercy of one of my leading god brothers, one of the god brothers who was the co directors of Mahapur at the time, Prabhu, Maharaj, he came and told me that. I was included in the team that would travel with Srila Prabhupada. The train started at night. The next morning, uh, he took me to Srila Prabhupada. After offering obeisances, when he woke up, when he got up, Srila Prabhupada asked me to sit next to him. In the first class compartment, there are two seats facing each other. In the other one, Rameshra Maharaj, Jayapataka Maharaj, and Bhavananda Maharaj were sitting. Abhiram Prabhu, who was the Kalkar Temple president at that time, he was sitting on the floor. Then Prabhupada was sitting on the other seat. So Prabhupada asked me to sit next to him. So I declined. I said, no, Prabhupada, I would rather sit on the floor. Prabhupada said, I sit here. So I... Remove the blanket that was sprayed over the seat for Sri Prabhupada and sat in the corner. And after some initial exchanges, with Prabhupada told me, You translate my books into Bengali. And that actually I mean, created the world of my good fortune. Now, because Srila Prabhupada gave me this assignment to translate his books into Bengali, I had the liberty or I had the right to approach Sri Prabhupada any time with an excuse that I have to show my translations to Sri Prabhupada, and I was doing that. Then Sri Prabhupada used to correct me. Sometimes he used to appreciate my translation. And then after a few days, Sri Prabhupada gave me a stack of letters to... They were first, it was a stack of Bengali letters. And he wanted me to answer them. He used to give me the points, dictating points. And I used to formulate the letter. So when I finished the Bengali stack of letters, he gave me Hindi stack of letters and asked me to translate them, me to answer them. And then one day, Srila Prabhupada told me one afternoon, That he was appointing me as his secretary for Indian Affairs. So so that is how although I came very late, but I had the good fortune of being with Sri Prabhupada. And that actually not only gave me an opportunity to serve him very closely, like first translating his books, I actually started to translate Bhagavad Gita. And then Prabhupada made me his secretary. And then one day, those days after my poor Prabhupada went to Bombay, and in Bombay I used to serve Srila Prabhupada. Like one of our god sisters, Palika Mataji, used to cook for Srila Prabhupada. I used to serve the plate. Then one day Palika was sick and another god sister of ours was asked to cook for Srila Prabhupada. And when I served, I saw that Srila Prabhupada was not able to eat. So I asked Srila Prabhupada if cooking was not all right today. Prabhupada said, no, she doesn't know how to cook. So then I blurted out, Srila Prabhupada, should I cook for you tomorrow?" Prabhupada said, yes, I can try. <laughs> So I cooked for Śrīla Prabhupāda. Prabhupāda actually told me what to cook and how to cook. And when I served Śrīla Prabhupāda, I appreciated my cooking. And that gave me another service to cook for Śrīla Prabhupāda. Now that gave me the opportunity to see Śrīla Prabhupāda a very close proximity. Śrīla Prabhupāda was a personality. I mean, this is the first time I actually experienced what pure devotional service is. Answered the first time, I said that that's the only time I saw what pure devotional service is. He was always absorbed. He wouldn't allow a single moment be wasted. Only for for some time he used to take some rest after his lunch, he used to lie down for a short while. And then at night, Prabhupada used to take some rest, maximum three hours. And then he'd get up and start translating in dictation, dictaphone. He used to give dictation. He used to translate by giving dictations on the dictaphone. And, like, that is how he was, like, He didn't have any other consideration. Like his only concern was how to present Krishna consciousness to this world. That's why he stayed up through the night, translating. And throughout the day, he was constantly engaged. He used to meet with his leading disciples, discuss with them how to push the movement forward how to take care of the movement, how to take care of the devotees, how to take how to manage the institution. He used to answer every single letter, every single letter. As I mentioned, like Bengali letters couldn't be translated, I mean replied, because English letters, Tamakrishna Maharaj or whoever was the secretary, used to take the dictation and type them and send them. But Bengali and Hindi letters couldn't be translated, couldn't be replied. But Prabhupada kept them. And when he went to Mayapur, he got me to answer them. Every single letter was answered. So this is the the sign of a pure devotee. Another sign of a pure devotee. Whatever Śrīla Prabhupada did was inconceivably amazingly perfect. You have seen Prabhupada singing bhajan. You have seen Prabhupada's writing. Like the way Prabhupada did that, like, you know, dictating, you know, like, I mean, to tell you frankly, when I dictate letters, reply, dictate the letters in reply, my secretary writes them, but I make it a point most of the time to go through them again, and I have to change. I have to edit. But Srila Prabhupada's presentation was so perfect. And therefore, there are some spelling mistakes, some grammatical and some other mistakes in the, in the books. But you can well really imagine that those who are transcribing Prabhupada's dictations. You know, they were not expert in Sanskrit. And so they made some mistakes in presenting. And also in dictations, they couldn't understand. And some mistakes occurred. So in this way, we can see that Prabhupada was literally sent by Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to fulfill his mission. And... With all conviction I can say that Srila Prabhupada was the person and he also made the arrangement that this movement will continue without any without any interruption, provided we can hold the institution together. That's the unique gift of Srila Prabhupada. He gave us an institution that The institution will continue the mission even after his disappearance. Like hmm, Prabhupada's Guru Maharaj, before leaving the planet, Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Shri Shri Thakur, told his disciples that you collectively manage the institution forming a governing body. But they couldn't understand the importance of that instruction they felt that how a spiritual organization can be run by a group of managers. And eventually, they appointed one Acharya, thinking that a spiritual institution needs a spiritual head. And unfortunately, when that Acharya had spiritual difficulty, and since the structure was resting on him, the structure collapsed when he collapsed spiritually. Therefore, Prabhupada emphatically told us, don't make the same mistake that my godbrothers made after Guru Maharaj's disappearance. And one thing he very emphatically mentioned that he wanted them to form a governing body, form a collective form of management and continue the institution. I am very frankly telling you all this because I see all of you as the future leaders of this country. You all have to take up the legacy. You all have to carry on to continue Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's mission. And so Srila Prabhupada gave us the understanding that collectively managed the institution and his stayed loyal to Srila Prabhupada's instruction. And Prabhupada himself actually guided them. During his time, The important thing to note, Prabhupada got a small little place in New York and he formed a society and registered it, the International Society for Krishna Consciousness. Mind you, just when Prabhupada went to America, got a little place, a few devotees are just coming. The first thing Prabhupada did is establish an institution. Why? Because Prabhupada knew that he didn't have much time. When you're 70 years old, you know that you don't have much time. So Prabhupada, with that understanding, immediately formed that institution. And he, along with that, he actually formed a GBC governing body. Young Americans, and Prabhupada, soon after that, soon after creating the institution, he formed the governing body. And he trained them up. Like Prabhupada used to appoint those who are the achievers. When someone achieves something remarkable, displaying his ability and expertise, Prabhupada would actually make him a GBC. And then Prabhupada allowed me to be with him as a secretary. And each person used to stay and travel with Srila Prabhupada for about a month or two months. And this is how they used to get trained by Srila Prabhupada. And one of the important things that Srila Prabhupada used to do through the Jesus is reply his letters. And actually by writing the letters, you can see what Prabhupada actually wanted. So anyway, so this is how these young Americans were appointed as GBCs and and Prabhupada trained them up. And then you can see, like, even though Shilakopada left at a very preliminary stage of our movement, Within just about 10, 11 year, years after the formation of this institution. But the institution continued. Most of the times, you will see when the founder of an, of a spiritual institution leaves the planet. I mean, when he's present due to his characteristics. back to them, that's what you said so far. The, the, when uh, he uh, leaves soon after that, the institution collapses. Like, a gradually, you see, it just disintegrates. But that's not the case with this colony, amazingly. Like, when Srila Prabhupada was on the planet, the number of devotees were about 10,000. And we had only about 110, 108 temples. Not only just temples, like temples, farms, schools, etc but today we have more than 600 temples and we have more than million members of iskon so that is a clear indication that instead of deteriorating iskon is expanding iskon is expanding attracting very very intelligent very very thoughtful and very, very sincere and committed individuals. Like uh, all of you, just consider, like when can one uh, accept such a strict order of following the four regulative principles? Unless and until you are very, very sincere, unless and until you're completely convinced you cannot really accept these four principles. So this is the first indication of the sincerity of those who join ISKCON. And Prabhupada also made it clear. If you want to be a part of Iskon, you have to follow the four principles. And Prabhupada himself said that if instead of four, if I had three repuletic principles, I would have got many, many more people to join. But I'm not interested in number I'm interested in quality. And Prabhupada also used to give the example that in a plastic shop, you get many customers. But in a diamond shop, you get very few. Because to purchase diamond, you have to be a very special person. You have to be very wealthy. So similarly, um, ISKCON is actually meant for uh, like special personalities who are really serious about the spiritual objective, the spiritual goal. And, And this is how this movement is growing. This is how this movement is expanding. Now, in this respect also, we can consider another aspect that, you see, Sri Prabhupada was very emphatic also about his position, his role as the founder, Acharya. And now we can go back to the mistake that Goryumat devotees, Prabhupada's godbrothers, made in Goryumat. They, They considered how can a spiritual organization run by a group of managers for a spiritual organization, we need a spiritual head. And they appointed one spiritual head. But what they actually should have recognized, that Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Shai was that spiritual head. They should have continued. If they continued with that concept, then Gauri wouldn't have fallen apart. Like, if they followed these two considerations, then in ISKCON, today, ISKCON has become so powerful, so strong, established in such a sound ground. It is because of these two concepts. Yes, a spiritual institution needs a spiritual head. And Srila Prabhupada is that spiritual head permanently. And it has been so wonderfully established. Like Prabhupada's position as the founder, Acharya. And Srila Prabhupada is being worshipped by everybody in Iskon in every temple, through his Guru Puja. That actually indicates that Srila Prabhupada is the Guru for all the devotees of ISKCON for And so these are the perfect, these two are the perfect arrangement for an institution. Three considerations here to continue the mission. We need an institution. Because as long as a charismatic spiritual personality is there, well, his institution will thrive. But when the spiritual personality leaves the, his institution or whatever he creates, disintegrates. But Srila Prabhupada could recognize that. Therefore, he formed an institution, his so that even after his disappearance, the movement would continue. And amazingly, and most expertly, Srila Prabhupada didn't put himself in the forefront. Those days, you know, like, hardly anyone knew that Prabhupada is the personality behind the Hare Krishna movement. They knew this movement as a Hare Krishna movement. And they knew that, that ISKCON is the organization. Like even practically even now in India, in Mayapur, our temples are known as sahib mat. Sahib mat means the uh, uh, spiritual institution or mat, the temple of worship, which belongs to the Europeans. Sahib means Europeans, whites. in Vrindavan, it's called Angrezo Kamandir, the temple of the Englishman. And so, so you can see that, you know, like even now, common people do not recognize or did not recognize that Srila Prabhupada is the personality behind this movement. Why he did that? He didn't want to put himself in the front. He wanted the institution to thrive because that is how he secured this movement. OK, so and the, so we need an institution. To hold a spiritual institution together, we need a permanent spiritual head. Why? Because, see, the mistake that Gaurimath made, they appointed an acharya. And the acharya fell down and collapsed. Now, you may say, or we may presume, that one generation Two generations, three generations, the leader, the head of the institution didn't fall down. But if at any time, if he fell down, the structure would have collapsed. That's why uh, it was important, very important that Prabhupada remains the head of this, spiritual head of this institution for as long as the institution will be there. So that is the spiritual aspect. And the management aspect, the collective form of management. You see, as a GBC member, I can tell you that it's a perfect way to manage. You know why? Because when somebody deviates, if the person is very powerful, he could take a part of the institution or part of this organization with him and it happened in iskon also you know some of the spiritual leaders spiritual masters had spiritual difficulty and many of them took their disciples away with them and rest of the disciples lost faith in the in the spiritual culture and left the movement there had been losses due to their due to their defecting. But the institution remained together. One person may have defected, but there were 25 others who stayed on and held the institution, the integrity of the institution. So this is the thing. Another thing is that. Somebody, in spite of falling down, could have contested. Actually, the first one or two gurus who fell down in the early days, they did that. They contested. They said nothing wrong. You know, like, you know, they were introducing all kinds of things. Like one of them actually introduced uh, taking LSD and having illicit sex as a part of spiritual culture. He was saying that LSD is somaras. And anyway, about the illicit sex part, I don't want to get into that. But you know, like this is how you say one, because when you have a group of followers, they will listen to whatever you tell them. Because most of them are very loyal to you, they listen to you, they look up to you. But when you have a body of 25, 30 individuals, no matter how powerful you are, you can stand up against them. And that is how ISKCON has been protected. So, and and that's why, you know, I feel very, very confident that this movement is here to continue to fulfill Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's prediction that Krishna consciousness movement is going to spread all over the world. And I'll urge all of you, please take up that responsibility. Take up that responsibility because it's the most solemn responsibility that one can ever have. You have seen the world situation today. It's in total chaos. though It's totally misdirected to civilization. And Krishna consciousness is the only thing that can actually solve we have seen individually how our individual's problems have been solved by accepting Krishna consciousness. Therefore, if everybody accepts Krishna consciousness, the whole, all the problems of the world will be solved. And a spiritual world will be established once again in this material world. There are emphatic prediction in the scriptures that for 10,000 years, this Krishna consciousness movement will prevail and Satya Juga will be established in the middle of Kali Juga. So thank you very much. So I will invite questions now. Like uh, I think half an hour has been assigned for question answers. Hi, Krishna. Um, so I think PATH is just currently uh, just gone to do something really quickly, but we can take our first question. Uh, anyone that has any questions, please uh, put them into the chat so that Maraj can answer. Also, when answering your questions, I know that um, Dr Maraj likes to see your face so that he can yes. actually yeah. talk to you personally. Um, so, our first question is from Pratik. Uh, Pratik, if you'd like to unmute yourself. Thank you. For one thing. Uh, just a like you know, you can raise your hand uh, electronically in Zoom. You can raise your hand electronically in the Zoom, yes. uh, like uh, because you may not be able to see all the hands, like those. Were, anyway, just I thought of telling you, like, yes. there is a button on the thing, uh, and you can press the button, and you can, there is a thing, raise hands. So that way, you can see who may have questions. Yeah. Yes, Pratik. Hare Krishna.
0: We have, we have read and known many Shlla Prabhupada's past time with his disciples. And uh, one book you have also written, Ocean of Mercy, in which we read your interactions with Shlla Prabhupada. So, this is a personal question in which I wanted to know which Shri Prabhupada's pastime is your favorite by reading which you become overjoyed and when you feel a little uh, in need of enthusiasm or inspiration, which Shri Prabhupada's pastime is yeah. your
1: Good. Very good. Um, well, obviously, there are many. <laughs> but the one that left a very deep impression in me is one incident. Mm-hmm. Like, one day I was sitting in front of Srila Prabhupada when he was having oil massage in my roof of the conch building. And so I was sitting there and Prabhupada just started to speak to me. And he told me, for many, many lifetimes you have been trying to enjoy and you can see that you are still not satisfied just offer this life to Krishna. And then he kept on speaking, explaining the futility of our endeavor to enjoy the material nature and the importance of surrendering ourselves to Krishna. Mm-hmm. And then finally he told me, just offer this life to Krishna and see what happens. Even if nothing happens, was the loss is just one life out of so many. <laughs> but that instruction, you know, really left a very, very deep impression in me. And I can say, still now I am trying to surrender myself to Krishna, just offer this life to Krishna. Thank you so
0: much, Maharaj. Thank you. very
1: yes. Krishna. Krishna Maharaj, um, thank
0: you for the question Pratik Prabhu and thank you for answering, Maharaj. Uh, the, Rishi Prabhu also has a question, so please can you unmute and, and answer the question. Hi, Krishna Maharaj, and thank you so Hi, much, <laughs> um, thank you so much for, the, for the nice class. Um, I wanted to ask, um, as we're all involved um, within Panama Center, um, within different projects and different services, um, how can we make sure to keep Srila Prabhupada in the center?
1: Yeah. You know, the best way to keep Srila Prabhupada in the center is by reading regularly Prabhupada's books and also hearing Srila Prabhupada's lectures. You see, uh, this is the this is what I learned from Tamakrishnama. You see, as, at that time, Tamakrishna Krishna Maharaj was Prabhupada's secretary, and Prabhupada made me a secretary, and he asked me to go to, together in the same room. And so we are staying in my room in the same room next to Shri Prabhupada. And one thing Tamakrishna Krishna Maharaj used to do, like, uh, every day in the morning when he used to get up, he used to uh, he used to switch on this tape recorder, and listen to proper states, And that is you know, such an amazing thing to do in the morning, just, you know, begin your day by listening to Srila Prabhupada's states. So this is what will make, you see like the, how can we Prabhupada and how can we keep Prabhupada in the center? The first consideration will be by recognizing the importance of Srila Prabhupada and how do you recognize the importance of Shilpropan in our lives? By reading his books, the instructions that he has given in the books, of what, the wisdom that he has given in his books, and also listening to his tapes, especially when he has encounter with people. It's so amazing. was the smartest person you can ever think of. <laughs> so, so that's why I would say, and then by doing that, you develop your love for him. And when you develop your love for him, then it automatically happens. You know, love is one thing that you can just think about the person all the time, 24 hours a day. Krishna. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Does it answer your
0: question? Definitely, definitely. Thank you so much. Krishna. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Rishi Prabhu. Thank you much for answering. Um, I actually have a question of my own, if that's okay. Um, as, as we are, like, I'm, I'm only 19, I'm quite young. Um, I, I just wanted to know what I could, I could do. Um, like, what can I keep in, in mind when I'm serving or doing any services? And what can I do to excel
1: and try to advance? First thing I would say that you are so fortunate that you came to Krishna consciousness at such a young age. I wish I could. You know, like right? yes, and you know, when you take something at a young age, your commitment becomes very, very So please take to this process wholeheartedly. You have come, recognize the fact that you have come to the right place at the right time. Commit yourself to Krishna consciousness. And quoting Śrīla Prabhupāda, I also will say, just offer this life to Krishna. (laughs) And for so many lifetimes you have been trying to enjoy and you're still not satisfied. So why waste your time? Just offer this life to Krishna and see what happens. Mm. So that would be my sincere urge to you. (laughs) Thank you.
0: Thank you very much, Maharaj. Um, there's another question. Um, I think it's someone who's anonymously asked. They wanted to ask what, um, what does
1: Bhakti Charu Swami actually mean? Okay. The word Bhakti, you know, <laughs> loving devotion to Krishna. And Charu means beautiful. So I think it means that one who is beautiful in his devotion to Krishna, and I am his servant.
0: Thank you, thank you, Maharaj. Um, I think there's another question from Radha Prabhu. If you could just uh, unmute yourself and turn your camera on, that would be very nice. Um, Hare Krishna Maharaj, uh, please accept my humble obeisances. All grudge Prabhupada. How did Shri Prabhupada remain so determined and fixed?
1: How did Shri Prabhupada remain?
0: So determined and fixed, even after going through so much obstacles, and how can we develop such a mood?
1: Mm, yeah. You know, that commitment and that determination comes from one's love for the Supreme Personality of Godhead, and accepting Him as the most important personality in this life. So that is what, and that's what we have to learn from Shiva Prabhupada. We have to accept Krishna as the Supreme Personality of Godhead, the Supreme creator, the supreme proprietor, the supreme controller. And we must recognize that we are his servants. And we should just be engaged in serving. him. And that is what will create that determination and conviction. And ultimately it's love. When you love somebody, then you will be prepared to do anything for that person. So It's up to us now to develop that love for Srila Prabhupada, develop that love for our spiritual masters, develop our love for Krishna, and the rest will happen. Thank you, Maharaj. Uh, Hare
0: Krishna. Krishna. There's another question from Kripa Mataji. If you could
1: unmute and ask, please. Hare Krishna, I hope you can hear me. Hi Krishna, yes, I can hear you very well. Oh, um, my question is, what's happening in society today? You say, because so uh, what, least, are you? Your sound is not very clear. Can you...
0: Sorry, I'll repeat myself. I said, what's happening in society today, how do you stay focused? Because I personally feel like all those negativities going round. I'm losing track of who I am as a really as a person. So how would you say to stay on the right path and this is what you what you need to do to stay focused?
1: Very good. Very good. Uh, so it is to stay focused. First of all, you have to recognize that how important it is for you to remain in that path. How important that path is for you. Mm-hmm. And then when you recognize the importance, then you commit yourself to that. Mm-hmm. And, then when you, and then comes the practice. Mm-hmm. Like, I, you know, generally mind will tend to waver. But when you, you know, recognize the importance of what you are doing, then, you know, you automatically become focused. Your Meaning your mind will be completely into that subject. Like in that respect, I can relate one, I can narrate one incident. I was talking to a medical surgeon once. I met him in a flight. He was sitting next to me. We started to talk. And he was asking me about meditation. Mm-hmm. Meditation. So I just pointed out that the difference between spiritual meditation and material meditation. Materially also you can meditate, right? Like for example, a person who is in love with money, a businessman, he's always meditating on money. He doesn't have to make, you know, a pranayama and asana and everything. And then I pointed out, like you're a surgeon, When you're operating on somebody, where is your mind? He said, on my surgery. I said, that's meditation. You're meditating, but that meditation, when it is done for the Supreme Personality of Godhead, that is what is meditation that we talk about. So you recognize the importance of Krishna consciousness, Recognize its value, recognize its importance, and then you practice the process with all sincerity and then practice it. And that practice will bring perfection. Sure. Yeah, especially chanting. Chant very attentively. Here, so would you say so would you say to focus on yourself more?
0: Then what's around that's going on in society at the moment
1: very good not only yourself but what you are doing onto that focus onto that and don't get diverted by other things say for example when you're studying yeah you're not focusing onto yourself you're focusing yourself onto the book that you are reading right? okay, okay. <laughs> Thank you. Hare Krishna.
0: Hare Krishna, thank you. Um, Maharaj, uh, I have another question which is anonymous. Um, It's relating to the society and what's happening right now. Um, A lot of Black Lives Matter movements and racism. So what what is Krishna conscious um, views on on racism and, and what's happening right now?
1: Yeah, you see, all these things happen due to the body consciousness. Right, their races based on what the pigmentation of the skin, right, or even God kind of go to that you know, culture, religion, and these kind of conflicts, you know, create undesirable situations in the world, violence, you know, destruction. But see what Krishna consciousness will do. We're not this body. This body is just an external covering. We all are spirit soul. And we all belong to the spiritual world. This is not the place where we belong. So why do we want to try to establish ourselves and get so upset when something doesn't happen? Something doesn't happen according to our plan and desire. So this is how Krishna consciousness is going to bring about the real change in this world. The spiritual consciousness. And, you know, like, what does that do? When you see the spiritual consciousness, then you create an unity in such a way that not only in the human society you become united, but you become united with the entire world as a family. In Sanskrit, there is an expression, vashuddhaiva kutumbakam. The whole world, Boshudha, means the earth planet. This whole earth planet is one family. And just consider we are taking oxygen, giving out carbon dioxide. The trees and plants are taking carbon dioxide, giving us oxygen. Aren't we depending on each other? Just as we are depending upon the plants, they are depending upon us. We are eating food. Where does the food come from? It's coming from all the fruits and, you know, vegetations from those trees and plants. And in this way, we can see, like, you know, we all are dependent upon each other. And that, that perception needs a very advanced intelligence. And that intelligence is available only in the human beings. Therefore, human beings must utilize their intelligence you know, to recognize this fact and establish that culture all over the world. That's where you have to spread Krishna consciousness most effectively. Thank
0: you, Maharaj. Um, there's a few more questions, if you're okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, sure. uh, so, first of all, I think uh, Kelly, Mataji uh, put her hand up so if she could unmute and turn the
1: camera on to ask? Hare Krishna Mahar, hello, Hare can you hear me? Yes, I can hear Hare you. Hare Krishna, thank you. thank you so much, it's been wonderful listening to you. Um, I just wondered if you had, um, I listened to you, I think a couple of days ago, and you were telling us about when um, uh, you were chastised by Prabhupada. Um, oh yeah. Is it possible, do you have another memory like that that you could share? Because it was so touching, it was lovely to hear how sometimes we do need to be put in line and, and chastised. <laughs> yeah. Uh, should I narrate the, the, that incident or something else? Some, something, you, what you el- heard? something else. It's oh, up to you. I, uh, I will happily hear that again. Some okay, others may so, not have heard that. Yeah, others may. That's what I was thinking. Maybe I can. Um, you see, one incident was... Actually, I've been chastised by Shubha Prabhupada many times once Srila Prabhupada wanted some orange juice and but there was no orange in the kitchen so I had to go out to buy the orange when I came back and started to make the orange juice Prabhupada used to call us by pressing the bell so the bell rang so I went and Prabhupada asked what happened to the orange juice that I wanted?" So I said, Prabhupada, I'm just bringing it. And so I quickly started to make, make it. And, and then it rang again. So it took some time while I was making it. It rang again. And so this time, the way the bell was ringing, I could make out how Anoyashila Prabhupada must have been with me. So I quickly finished that orange juice, put it in a glass, and took it on a plate, silver plate to Shri Prabhupada. As I opened the door to Prabhupada's room, I could hear something that sounded like a thunderbolt, Prabhupada saying, take it away, I don't want it. I couldn't take it away, so I just, step by step, I kept on moving towards Sri Prabhupada and held it in front of him. And Prabhupada, for a few seconds, maybe about 20 seconds or so, he didn't pick it up. I was holding it in front of him. And then finally Prabhupada picked it up and he started to drink it. So when Prabhupada started to drink it, I realized that I forgot to bring a bowl of water that Sri Prabhupada will need to wash his mouth. And so I quickly went to the kitchen and got a bowl of water. And when Prabhupada was washing his mouth, I realized that I forgot to bring a napkin for Prabhupada to wipe his mouth. So I didn't go to the kitchen, but I just went to Prabhupada's wardrobe and, and uh, got a small towel and gave it to Sri Prabhupada. I started to actually wipe Sri Prabhupada's mouth. Then Prabhupada started to speak. He said, see, you're trying to serve me so nicely, but I'm chastising you. Please don't mind that I chastise you sometimes. When Prabhupada chastised me, I didn't feel bad. But when Prabhupada started to speak like that, my heart really broke, and so I couldn't speak because my voice was choked. And then finally, I spoke up and I said, "Prabhupada, please don't speak like that. I make mistakes, and if you don't correct me, then what will happen to me? So, and so that is one." You know, all the proper chastise, I could see what a soft and care affectionate personality he nice. was. Another time, I made a mistake in cooking. This preparation, Prabhupada taught me, and this preparation used to have a lot of ghee and a lot of chili, red chili. And that day, Prabhupada's stomach was not very good, so I prepared that preparation without putting chili in. And when I served Śrīla Prabhupāda, Prabhupāda took one bite. And he just flared up. I said, I personally taught you, how could you forget it? I personally taught you, how could you forget it? And in this way, whenever I went near Śrīla Prabhupāda, he would just tell me, how could I forget what he taught me personally? Then after a couple of days when Prabhupāda's voice sounded, so I got some strength courage and I told Prabhupada Prabhupada I didn't really forget I deliberately didn't put it put so much chili because your stomach was not so good and Prabhupada said then why didn't you tell me (laughs) then I said then Prabhupada told me that when you put a lot of ghee there has to be a lot of chili because chili is hot ghee is hot but they counteract each other's effect.
0: Thank you, Hare Krishna. Thank you, there's just two more. Um, One more is about asking, sorry, let me just quickly find it. Um, Okay, yeah, how can we train uh, it's an anom- anonymous question. It's how can we train or are there any tips for us to take in terms of leadership
1: positions within ISKCON? Very good. Very good. You see, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu wanted everyone to become a leader. Mahaprabhu said, Amaragai guru huya To be a guru means to be a spiritual leader. But one has to be qualified. That's why he's saying Guru Huya, Right? Become become qualified. And for that matter, I can tell you it's a good follower that makes a good leader. So follow the process that Srila Prabhupada has given. Prabhupada actually given the legacy to all of his followers. But those who, and he himself said, those who follow will have the legacy. And we want, we want with this movement in order to spread all over the world, needs so many gurus. So please take up the responsibility. Become a very good devotee, become a very good leader, and spread this movement. Whoever you see, preach to him, guide him, help him, assist him and that's how you become a leader whether you have a position recognized stamp or not don't worry about that just act as a leader you'll notice one thing the good leaders didn't care for titles and designation and stamp they just did whatever was needed and in course of time people followed them.
0: Thank you, Maharaj. Um, sorry, if, is it okay if I can just ask one more question?
1: <laughs> yeah, right. you said that there are a questions.
0: Yep, so uh, my question was in regards to the racism thing that you said. Uh, it was, I just wanted to know what we could do now, because a lot of like movements have started. People have been protesting peacefully. I mean, there has been violent sides of it, but they've been making a lot of noise.
1: I think when they're in that angry, passionate mood, they're not going to listen so let them you know cool down okay and they will see you know at least if they don't other people will see how it damages everything it's so sort of how damaging it is and an intelligent person will naturally seek for some solution mm-hmm. and yeah. then you know you tell them not that everybody will become you know everybody will become receptive but at least some will become receptive yeah. so just keep trying Thank you, Maharaj. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. All Hare glories Krishna. to Srila Prabhupada. Gold, Kremlin, and Hari So, day after tomorrow, I have another session. I'll be in America at that time. And once again, I'm so sorry to be late today in the session. Not at all. <laughs> Thank you, Maharaj. Please forgive me right. if I made any mistakes. No, no. You did, you did it very well. Very well. We, are, we are so happy to see you all are coming forward. And it it you know gives us not only gives us so much hope, but it fills our heart with pride that you are coming forward. Thank you. Thank Thank you so much. much. Hare Hare Krishna.